hey, hey, this is Mindful Mostly, a show for those of us who are mindful most of the time. I'm Andrea Collins. How's your December going? What's the plan for Christmas? It's definitely going to be a bit of a weird one. Wherever you're listening from, if you're in North America, at least it's probably not really going to look the same as it did last year. I'm having trouble getting inspired when it comes to gifts because, well, quite frankly, nothing is open where I live to go Christmas shopping. And ordering online, you just don't get that same magical feeling of like, ooh, let's go get everybody's little Christmas gifts today, you know? I'm trying to get crafty. I have ordered felt and glue and craft supplies because I want to get in touch with my creative side and they're just kind of all over the place. Like, what am I going to do with this? (laughs) How am I going to turn this into something magical? I've also come to the season where like all I want to watch are cooking shows, specifically the Christmassy ones. Jamie Oliver's Christmas special is always in my Christmas tradition. And now I'm thinking of adding a few more to the arsenal. Nigella, mm, that's a good one. If you have any other suggestions, hit us up on the gram at Mindful Mostly. Now, as we approach the 100th episode of the podcast, digging back into the vault for some of the top episodes, today's being one of them. And I loved this one because, and so did you, it was one of our most listened. It's all about getting to the root of your beliefs and identifying them in order to manifest the life of your dreams. Because you may notice that there are parts of your life where it very easily flows. You know, you you have a lot of success in those areas. Maybe it's with friendships um, or adventure, travel or uh, professionally. But other parts might be lacking. Maybe your love life. Maybe certain close relationships. um, Maybe your state of well-being. And a lot of that can have to do with subconscious blocks that we hold. And due to those subconscious blocks, limiting beliefs, those, those areas of our lives do not flourish because deep, deep down, there's something, there's something that you've told yourself. I can't have love. I can't have success. I can't have a big group of friends, whatever it may be, right? It all stems from back in the day when that was implanted in your brain. On this week's show, international best-selling author, Love is How I Manifest, and creator of the Authentic Program series, Mandy Morris is here to help us get to those root beliefs, reprogramming, reprogram them to change your life. She tells us how to start over at any moment, shift your current state, and tweak what you already have, which is so important because so many of us already have so much, but sometimes have trouble appreciating it. We also get into the science behind manifesting light versus dark and what truly being authentic is all about. Let's get into it. Hey, Mandy, you mentioned that you feel like at this point you are living your most authentic life, but how did you get there? You know, and this is the thing, that word authenticity gets thrown around so much that it's diluted itself. Kind of like the word manifestation, it sounds so woo-woo, but when you really break it down, everyone has their own kind of belief or definition of it. And so with authenticity, it was really the word that I could kind of umbrella how people were getting back to kind of the core of who they were, but more so seeing how they released that pain or released the things that weren't them and why it was so important, why it was so impactful to be yourself. We've kind of moved into this 
world or this new kind of, I say consciousness, but this understanding that people have that sense where they can tell if someone's genuine or not. And if we really want to get somewhere as, you know, the human race, but also just as individuals in our life, authenticity is literally the easiest key in getting there. Mm-hmm. So you mean you, you didn't feel that way before? What, so what changed? Yeah, not at all. Um, you know, at childhood programming and life and my own traumas kind of built me into be this people pleaser. Um, and I was told that I was too much. I'm too emotional. I'm, you know, I can't stick to anything. And so the beautiful parts of us, we start to shut down and say, well, there's something wrong with us. And so then I chose people, relationships, friends, realities that solidified that, that would concrete that belief of there's something wrong with me. So I need to be somebody else. And it was exhausting and it led to so much pain, so many bad choices in my life. And I didn't know, I literally didn't know who I was when someone's like, well, how do you be authentic? Because you think that certain things are actually you because you've literally kind of walked the walk for so long. You don't even know what's yours anymore. And when you start breaking away from all that and getting to that true essence, you're like, oh my gosh, this is why life wasn't working for me for so long because I was living someone else's reality or you know, what the world told me and not honoring myself and what I really came, you know, to this planet with. A hundred percent. Because we all, sometimes I think we all struggle with, okay, do I want this or, or just like society telling me I want this? Like, it's hard to determine (laughs) what you actually want sometimes. Like, let's say you're striving for a bigger position at work and then you realize once you get it, like, oh, wait, um, I actually have no spare time now. I'm stressed. I'm not <laughs> sleeping as much. This wasn't what I wanted. Yeah, it's like the house on the hill syndrome. That's what I call it. Everybody wants the house on the hill, but they really don't. Because sometimes you get to the house on the hill and you're like, crap, I want more. Or this isn't what I actually thought it was going to be. So really what everyone's trying to get to is an emotional state. And again, based on the things that we've been told in life, we think that if we get this thing that's outside of us or we achieve this perfect relationship or make this amount of money or whatever, that everything's going to fall into place. And then we get there and realize, obviously, that's not the case. But that's just because we were striving for this emotional state that can be achieved right now versus once we have something external coming in. It literally, that stupid saying, like, it starts from within is so true. It's literally so true once you break down the science and the psychology of it. Um, I think that a lot of women listening to this podcast are sort of in a stage where you know, you went to school, you figured out what your job was going to be, you started doing it. And, you know, things have been flowing for a few years. And then you're like, oh, wait, like, I feel like I'm missing something. And I'm saying professionally, relationships, whatever it is. Um, A lot of us are in that stage now where we feel like we need a shift. And maybe that stage never goes away. Like, will I be feeling that when I'm 50? I don't know. But I think this is really good timing to be talking to because it's definitely top of mind for a lot of women. How, and I know this is a broad question, but what are some of the steps that we can take to being more authentic right now? Oh, I love this question. A million things are immediately running through my mind, of course. So the first thing that comes to me is really like breaking down, you know, sometimes we tackle the things that we don't like in life first, right? So if I look at any areas of my life that I don't like. And let's say, um, I don't like my career and, you know, asking the why question you like a seven year old, you ask why, 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 until you get to the root of like, Oh, well, it's because I feel unworthy or because my mom said so, or whatever that is. But that area of life that you don't like, let's say it's like career. So then you take a belief 
and actions inventory in those areas. And what that really means is, okay, what do I, because we'll say, what do you believe about love, let's say? And they're like, oh, love is beautiful. Love is awesome. And really, every relationship they've had has fallen apart or, you know, the beliefs and the actions don't actually coincide. So sometimes we have to start with actions and be like, okay, based on the reality, what would my beliefs probably be? Well, love is unsafe or money is really hard to make or I don't deserve, you know, the career that I really want. And so once you have those actions, you can see the beliefs. And I do this, it's really simple, but I call it love versus fear or light versus heavy. And really that, what that means is like, when I think about something, it could be something simple, like should I go downstairs and make a cup of tea or should I go for a walk? Which one feels lighter? Which one feels like it's coming more from love? And we can do that with our beliefs of, is love really unsafe? Or is love something that I have to work on? Or you know whatever the belief is. And you choose that one that truly feels lighter in life. And that can be decisions. If you look back on areas of your life, how many times did you make decisions from fear? Well, of course, they end up not working out or they implode because it came from this really negative and low vibrational state versus this authentic and true core essence. So when someone's looking at, well, how do I become authentic? You retap into your intuition. Intuition is literally something that we physiologically have. We've totally muted it out with society and programming. But intuition guides us through, of course, finding that authenticity, but actually knowing in each moment what life is really supposed to be for us or what we can choose to move towards that emotional state that we're really trying to get to consistently. Because I can't tell you how many women I speak to and they're, you know, 55 and they're like, I wish I would have known these things, you know, when I was 20 or I'm too old and it's not going to you know, work now. And I'm like, first of all, 55 is nowhere near old, but more than anything else, you can start you can start over at any moment. And we forget that. We think, well, this is the concept of finality. It's this way, which means it's going to be this way forever. If life sucks today, it's going to suck for the rest of my life. But that's not true, which is great for many reasons. Neuroplasticity in the brain, thank God for that. But also <laughs> that we can literally reshape our lives in a moment by shifting our state or, you know, if you want to say it more woo-woo, by shifting that vibration towards our authentic self, which is really just finding the things that make us feel light, that make us feel centered in our soul. And what are the things that make us, I'm still on career here. What if the things that make us feel centered and like we're doing our soul's work, um, you you can't pay your rent? <laughs> yes. I hear that one a lot. Like, I want to do my purpose word, but how? So I usually break it down to rules. So if I'm like, okay, like originally years ago, I was like, there's no way that I can help the world feel more love and make money doing it. So I'll do it on the side and I'll work my corporate job. And something felt so out of alignment with it because I'd go into that corporate setting and be like, I have to put on a mask every day or I'm freaking miserable and I don't like the way that I feel. And this is just, this is, there's no way that this is it, right? And I was like, how do I get to that state? I've seen some people do it, so few in my mind. Really, there's many, many people on the planet doing this. But how do I live my true essence? And a lot of it is rules. So if we start having rules of, well, I also have to make this amount of money while I'm doing my purpose work. So we have all these rules around what sustaining ourselves really has to look like. And that's based, again, on our programming or what the world told us it has to look like. So we build all of these rules that, that contradict one another that we can't even take the first step in seeing what the universe really has to unfold for us or really what our authentic self knows is already taken care of because we're so stuck in that place of fear of these rules that we kind of built ourselves around that maybe at one point even served us, but that no longer apply as we're ready to step into more purposeful work. Mm -hmm. 
Have you ever seen that movie? I think it's called Wanderlust with Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd. I haven't. I'm so bad with movies. <laughs> okay, you should totally watch it. If, it's, <laughs> if that's even the title of it, I might have just butchered it. But they leave their jobs in New York City where they realize they're miserable. And on their way to, I don't know, L.A., they they end up joining a commune. And it's just hilarious and makes me think of kind of what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to go and do some purples for work. And we're really just escaping all over again. Like, exactly. I would love to live in a tree house and be like, I'm just in a tree house loving on the world. But really, I'm like totally running away from my my most authentic self or my real life that I, I want because it's too scary. So we totally. have to like keep the balance too, right? I think people think of an authentic life as meaning that you don't need to wear shoes anymore. And you like <laughs> you, you can like let your neck natural waves hang down and you never have to put on work clothes. But authenticness doesn't mean necessarily even leaving a corporate job. Like it could be stepping into something at your corporate job or or uh, start starting to do different fun things in your relationship. Like it could just be like tweaking what you already have. Absolutely. Because that changes the trajectory. Sometimes we're like, oh, well, it has to look this way or I have to go so, you know, far off into left field. And you're right. Like, again, it's not outside of us. So if we're thinking that if we quit our job that everything's going to be solved, well, I can be the first one to say that that's not the case. I can't leave enough relationships or run away from enough things to all of a sudden create the peace. It's starting from within. And the external really kind of molds and shifts and shakes to meet that. And if that means that the job is supposed to fall away, that's cool. But I don't start with that. So... One thing I always like to do to simplify it is like if someone's when someone's done listening to this podcast, what can they do on like a piece of paper, almost like a pros cons list to find their more authentic self? Like, do they write this is what I feel this is who I feel I am and what I stand for? And how would they break that down? Yeah. So kind of going back to that belief inventory. So if you look at and sometimes it's good to do it like in each area. So maybe I used to write career on one page relationship on one page, even love on another, because love can be like family and all that jazz. And then I'd break it down. Okay. So career, what's my belief inventory? I used to have this belief. This was before I ever started my company, before I was, you know, doing any of this, this incredible purpose work and actually feeling fulfilled. And I thought that if I wanted to make a lot of money and be successful and provide for my family, that I needed to work like 14 hours a day, and I'd never be home for my family and I wouldn't be able to wake up when I wanted and drink my coffee slowly and, you know, be fit and go to the gym and blah, 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 blah. So I was like, even though I believed that in a part of myself, in my conscious mind, I could have that career, all of my beliefs of what that career would look like were completely sabotaging me, making sure I never even got there. So once I was able to see, okay, these are my beliefs, I was able to be like, are these actually true? Are there people on this planet that do wake up when they want to wake up and make a lot of money that they get to drive their kids to school. And I was like, okay, this isn't true. That might've been my one little pinprick of reality that I was looking through, but that's not an ultimate truth. And so then I'd look at, okay, well, what are my actions or lack of actions really that are sabotaging this new belief that I'm trying to uphold, which is I can have a beautiful career and a beautiful life. And once you have that and you're really just writing it down, it's like a brain dump. And no judgment, really, really important. No judgment. Sometimes we're like, we see it all on paper. And we're like, crap, I wish I could just shove it back into my head because I don't even want to try and sort through this. So it's got to come from, you know, this place of empowerment. And once you see those actions and those beliefs, you can say, okay, 
do those beliefs, do those actions, get me to that state of lightness. And it's literally just like a yes or no, close your eyes and just feel it before you even logically work it through. What does the intuition say? Do you feel empowered by it? When do you feel most in flow with it? And then if not, if you're like, okay, I'm starting to really catch, and it's about bringing awareness. And so as you've got, you know, this kind of sheet, this piece of paper of all your beliefs and your actions, you can start saying, okay, moving forward, when I do this action, like when I start shutting down mentally, when um, I start thinking about the life I want, I'm going to pattern interrupt it. I do something that totally throws me out of that loop because the whole idea, and this is like goes into the whole idea of like the law of attraction, but also just getting to that authentic space is that our brains are wired certain ways, but they can rewire. And so when I used to do a lot of studies um, clinically, when I would look at people with crazy illnesses that were starting in their brains, our brains fire certain ways, right? And they get really used to firing certain ways, but that can be rewired and they can fire new ways. So when we're trying to create new beliefs or get to our authentic self or live that beautiful life that we want, we can rewire the way our brain fires by looking at our beliefs. And then if it's not working, you literally imagine like in the brain when it's about to fire into, you can't have that career and a beautiful life, you're pattern interrupting that thought. And eventually what you're really doing is you're scratching a disc in your brain to where it can't keep firing that way. So all of a sudden you'll literally see people go, I can't have that. Oh, I actually can have that life. And that shifts literally the energy of the body and of the mind and what we're sending outwardly. And our environment starts to interact with that and life starts to change. And it's, this is literally physics, by the way, it's not just, you know, woo woo concepts, but it's an actual physics of the energy of our brain and how our bodies interact with our environment. It's really cool. Yeah. And I mean, like you think about people with illness and when it comes to perspective, uh, easier said than done, but some people have a really positive outlook on whether it's recovery or, um, you know, like just feeling a bit better. Some people have a different perspective um, where it's all doom and gloom. And like, I feel for those people because I get it. Like I've had chronic pain and I know what it's like to feel somewhat hopeless that you won't get better. But then there's people who you see are told they can never walk again. And then they're running a marathon, you know? And so I know so much of that is physical, but to get to that physical state, it's got to be so much mental and so much about perspective. How do we start shifting our perspective like like you said you you need to interrupt those the negative paths of uh, of I can't do this or I can't have that but how do you actually practice like flexing that muscle yes and i would love to actually share a story with what you were saying um it's called psychosomatic illnesses right so they're things that are created in our thoughts or our brains and then you know like a lot of autoimmune diseases um allergies um some cancer it, it can actually start in the brain And obviously some are environmental too. So when I was working, I was actually um, flown to Norway and working with some incredible top scientists over there. And this is really what birthed these beliefs, not not just a, you know, random life coaching book. And I would see individuals and I would um, work with individuals who had these psychosomatic illnesses. And I remember um, individuals coming in um, who literally had created things like heart disease or allergies are almost always psychosomatic. Um, and like I said, autoimmune. And I would see that just their thoughts could impact them physically, not just with stress and cortisol over time and their body breaks down, but literally the way that their thoughts would work would cause parts of the body and organs to shut down. And it was through that understanding, because some everyone's different. Some people need to be able to feel it, you know, kind of that universal woo-woo of how to reprogram that. 
And some people need to read a book um, on the psychology of how to rewire that. And some need to understand the physics and the science behind it. And because everyone wants to learn it differently, but really what it's about is looking for proof. I love looking for proof of individuals who have done it and whatever it, you know, is. And I remember when I would sit in that clinic and I would watch people come in and out completely in these states of literally physical pain, but also massive amounts of mental pain. And it really opened my eyes to the perspective shift that this is something like the, the power of the mind, the power of really beliefs, I should say, are so much more powerful than humans realize. But what the most disempowering part is that we forget that we created them and that we can recreate them, that we're all of a sudden victim to them and we're, they're out of our control or they're outside of us. And that's not true. It's literally not true. It's everything manifests from within and exudes outwardly. And when we can understand that at a, a true essence level, we're able to shift out of them because we realize that we're kind of that quote unquote epicenter of our own universe. What was, what is your work that I'm pardon my ignorance, but other than the book, I know that you, you do like a lot of coaching, but what brought you to Norway? Like, tell me all the things. (laughs) Yes, I would love to. So before I did really any coaching, um, I was, you know, going to school, I was going to be, I was dropped on my PhD actually. And I wanted to be um, first a psychiatrist. And then I was like, nope, I don't feel strong about that. And then I was like, oh, therapists have so much red tape. Absolutely love therapists. I train lots of them. Um, But there was so much red tape. I was like, I want to be able to hold my client's hand and tell them that I love them if I want to. And I want it to be okay that that humans can actually connect. And there's not that, that weirdness of why people aren't being healed, why people are sitting in the chair for 15 years and on one issue. And so, um, I was studying this, studying this and years prior, um, I've always been connected to just the craziest, coolest folks who worked in different sectors of the government. Um, uh, we worked with, you know, a lot of royalty, um, Olympian athletes and so forth. And so one of my friends who is a top scientist in Norway, he's like, you know what, come out here and, you know, let's play around with some things here because we're, we are dealing with a lot of psychosomatic illnesses, which again, are illnesses that, you know, start through the thought patterns and let's just play around and geek out. And I'm like, awesome. I'm totally down. And so I ended up going there with my husband and we lived in Norway for a while and any time that there was, because there are technologies that can check this, does you know the ailment actually come from um, a physical ailment or is it coming from the thoughts? If it came from the thoughts, then I was called in, and you know we would really we were just doing studies, but it was rapid. Um, a university wanted to end up writing a methodology about this, but what I was doing was really tapping into the intuition, and so we had a machine that could read the thought patterns, you know, of the person, and then I would sit there and I would do what the machine could do simultaneously. And what we were finding was that between the machine, because there are, you know, different biofeedback technologies that can rewire thought patterns, um, but I could do them as a human being. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, humans are so powerful. What do you mean? What do you mean you could do them? It's crazy. So basically, let's say that someone has, um, so there was these two boys who came in, twins. One had, and they both had different psychosomatic things going on, but one had an allergy to bees. And so we would sit down um, and hook them up to this different biofeedback machine. You know, have the little nodes all over them. And we're sending um, pulses into them, uh, frequency signatures. I'm trying not to sound too sciencey. <laughs> Bear right. with me. Ask questions if I'm not making sense. And we would send frequency signatures into the body, and then it responds. And it's through those frequency signatures um, we can get information. And so 
uh, well, for some reason, for some miraculous reason, and this was really why I was in Norway doing this work, was that I could do a lot of the things that the machine could do in the sense of, you know, let's say um, we talk about a trauma, because uh, we we're trying to figure out where did this illness start? Because it's a belief, right? So did it start during a trauma or did it start, um, you know, in a relationship? Or And so we're really kind of like floating around with different ideas. And um, for this particular gentleman who had the allergy, his twin um, did not have the allergy to bees. We ended up tracing it back, and this was not a conscious memory at first, that this this boy had, when he was like six or seven years old, him and his twin were in the woods and they were playing and they ran into a beehive and they, you know, they were swarmed. One boy ran back to mom, received comfort. The other boy freaked out, ran further into the woods and was found hours later, obviously hadn't been consoled, hadn't received love. So that was kind of the second component of me being like, there's really something to love being a part of a therapeutic process. Uh, and it sounds, again, it sounds so, oh, everything's about love. But no, there's an actual uh, psychology to pouring love into these sessions. So that makes and, me wonder if then, like, so then once you determined that that was the cause of the psychosomatic illness or reaction to the bee stings, is that reversible? Very. And it's literally, this is actually something that we do in my events all the time. Um, of course, it's really effective with technology as well, depending on how deep rooted, you know, if it's a really bad trauma or something like that. But if someone's got a belief system of like, you know, money's hard or, um, you know, love is unsafe or something like that. Once we can figure out where did that belief come from, because it's not like they were born with it. Where did the belief come from? You know, what parent or, um, you know, relationship or job really solidified that belief in you? You can get back to that space and you can say, OK, so is this really true? Was that an isolated incident? And it's amazing with these series of questions you can go through, how someone starts, literally you can watch them as they shift. Their brain starts, like it's almost like a misfire, but it's really starting to fire properly. And they're like, that, that's not always true. You're right. Or, okay, wait a second. If I had you know, gone to my, my brother did go to my mom to receive love and he doesn't have it, but I was scared and I spent four hours being really scared. And now I'm deathly allergic to bees. And through that understanding, it's amazing. And this is really about empowering people so that they don't have to always seek external help. Right. But once they see that and they go, this isn't the only way, or this isn't even true, the brain cannot accept a lie. It will only believe what is what it perceives, even if it really is a lie. It will perceive what it believes is true. But once you can show the brain that it is in fact a lie, it can't go with that anymore because the brain is wired for certainty and safety. So it, it literally just starts to shape and shift. That's what I mean by shaping the, the brain and, and refiring it, rewiring it to refire it and moving forward in a different direction, literally of life. Mandy, I'm just having the, the best time talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love geeking out about this stuff. So I really, I am like, I am so into this. This is, this is so neat. Um, okay. So something you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation was that um, authenticity and uh, manifestation, manifesting have sort of become words that have been overplayed and, you know, you kind of have to fight an eye roll when someone says manifesting. Yes, but that being totally. said, I feel like manifesting totally changed my life. And it's in this super cheesy way that I discovered the secret like 10 years after everybody else did um, <laughs> and really started just like focusing on my goals and what I wanted and 
you know, I'd, I would like to talk about the actual science behind manif- manifesting and, um, you know, w- with keeping it in, in terms we can all understand. But why is it that it works? Does it work? What are your thoughts on this? Yes, absolutely. Now, it has been painted in such a, a misguiding light that you need to sit and meditate and say affirmations and somehow the universe is going to rain gold on you. And that's really frustrating for people because then they feel like, well, I can't manifest. And so there's one component, which is really important, which is to remember you are manifesting all the time. You're always creating your reality, whether you like it or not, and whether it's happening consciously or unconsciously. And so if we look at, and I used to study, um, I was like such a nerd studying metaphysics, quantum physics, and just physics in general from one of my friend's fathers, who was this really awesome scientist. And so this was like back when I was maybe 20, 22 to 25, I was really heavy in self-learning this. And I didn't actually apply it to manifestation right away. But when you look at physics, let's say um, like creepy lady walks into the room and you can immediately like feel, you're like, I just don't want to get near her. She just feels weird to me. Why is that? Because she is emitting frequencies, literally like a vibration off of her and it's not in harmony with you. And so that's kind of going back to that whole authentic self thing too, is that there's certain things that literally are a vibrational quote unquote match for you and things that are not. And so when you understand that all things are energy and that you can read energy with your intuition or literally with your body, we are these beacons of just vibrations. So if you look at thought, so if we look at how is like matter manifested, how is like physical things created, it's when particles get together and they vibrate at a high enough rate that, boom, they eventually become actual matter, matter manifested. But what we're forgetting is that the energy that is exuded into that creation is thought energy. It's what we put into it, which kind of, you know, two steps back is beliefs. So if I'm constantly thinking, um, I'm out of shape, I'm out of shape, I'm out of shape, or uh, I'm never going to find my soulmate, I'm never going to find my soulmate, let's say consciously, I'm like, but I'm trying to manifest it. I'm sitting every day doing my affirmation saying universe, wooga wooga, bring me it. And we're like, why isn't it showing up? It's because there's the subconscious mind that is so powerful and it never shuts off. So you think if maybe 10% of your day, you're consciously saying what you desire, maybe it'll come or maybe it'll come and randomly it disappears. But unconsciously that subconscious mind never turns off and it is always running. So if you don't know what the subconscious is saying, which is probably you're unworthy of love, you're not allowed to have it, dad said so, or whatever, if you literally imagine the energy being sent outwardly from you, a little bit's going into one container, let's say, and that's the, I am worthy of this, or I do want love, or whatever, but then there's a whole bunch of thought energy that's also going to, you are not allowed to have it, and this is why. And so that's why we see this split in our realities of some folks who are like tunnel vision, Literally all cells are focused on one direction, which is why they get there so fast. It's where they literally like quote unquote bend time. And then there's others who have like the roller coaster experience. They get it, they lose it, they get it, they sabotage it. Or some who just cannot get there whatsoever. It's because they haven't gone into those trenches of their subconscious, which is like how their brain is really firing and rewired it. Okay. So it sounds like to fix anything, we need to find the root of the problem. We need to get down to what our beliefs are. Always. If you can get to the root of something, you will always shift it. And that was something that I really learned in the clinical work that I did 
it was amazing what happened when you actually got to the root of a belief. Literally sometimes just addressing the root belief where someone went, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that's where it came from, was enough to release it, release the brain pattern. Wow. Oh my gosh. This has been just <laughs> such a good talk. Such a big thanks. To Mandy Morris, she is the creator of the Authentic Program series and the best-selling author of Love, It's How I Manifest. And we have been digging back into the archives today because, yep, we're coming up to the 100th episode. This is year three for the Mindful Mostly podcast. So I have to thank you so much for listening. Honestly, we've built a beautiful community, which is all about living our best lives in the most down-to-earth way possible, right? We want to keep it real. We want to have fun, but we want to improve ourselves and get to know ourselves as best as we can. So season five continues for the next few weeks. Make sure you stay tuned. Gabrielle Bernstein coming back on the podcast. Also, we're going to be talking with the incredible tech entrepreneur, Erin Burry. She is just the coolest. She has so much incredible experience under her belt. She's so modest, which I love. And she's a super successful Canadian tech entrepreneur. So we're going to talk to her all about her her wellness regimen and how she sets those goals and keeps them and how she's built this career and what her personal life is like and her professional life. So that's going to be coming up on the show as well. So much to get to as we wrap up the year 2020. Oh, 2020. Hey, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Mindful Mostly.